Mel preaching the word. Fantastic. I love how Mel took that announcement away from you. <laughs> that was awesome. Praise God. We have the newlyweds in the house. Where are they? There we go. Jared and Rebecca. Congratulations. Welcome back. Fantastic. Got married a few weekends ago, honeymooned, and back in God's house. How good is that? Positioning yourself in God's house. God is good, hey? And it's good to be in God's house, even though it's freezing cold. I don't even know if these new heaters work. Do you think they're working? It feels like the air con's on to me. I feel like fresh air is blowing on me while I'm sitting there. But anyway, praise God. Uh, Thanks to um, our volunteers and leaders that came out Tuesday night, those that could make it. We had an incredible night. We had people that got baptised in the Holy Spirit. How good's that? God is moving when people get baptised in the Holy Spirit. Come on, guys, let's give it. Come on, come on. Wait you up a little bit, hey? How good's God? Awesome. Now, we, the hills, are going on a family holiday. We're chasing the sun. We're getting a motorhome, would you believe, and putting all five of us in a motorhome. I'm thinking, what on earth have I done after I've booked it? And we're driving north. So we're not going to be here for the next two Sundays. Uh, but you're in good hands with Pastor Chinbuster back here, uh, our department leaders, the board. Our teams will run as normal. So don't use it as an excuse to skip out on church. Make sure you're here supporting. Um, the Word of God will be preached, Pastor Chin, next Sunday. Pastor Donna Kipps the Sunday after. Um, so it's set up really good. Um, so make sure you're here. Um, and if you've got anything that you need or any issues, issues this way, issues. <laughs> um, but that we'll be praying for you while we're chasing the sun, okay? What are you laughing at? Chin's going to get me later, isn't he? I'm going to get that phone call. He's going to say, hmm, Mel. Anyway, the title of my message this morning is, Pastor Chin, All In. All In. Issues and all. All In. Praise Jesus. Is it just me or do you ever wonder, is it worth it? Please tell me it's not just me. Not just me. Is it worth it? Is or are these sacrifices that I'm making for my kids really worth it? Is the pain and suffering worth it? Is loving that difficult person really worth it? Anyone have that difficult person? Or is it, I'm not looking at you, Jacob. (laughs) You've got to be careful you don't look at people when you preach, not looking at you, Jacob. Is serving God really worth it? Is this marriage worth all this work and effort and hard work? Is it really worth it? Is doing the right thing worth it? Is not hanging out with those friends really worth it? Is tithing and being generous worth it? Is putting God first worth it? Is laying down one's life worth it? Is coming to church each week giving up your Sunday morning, getting out of bed when it's freezing cold, is it really worth it? Gathering with other believers, is it worth it? Is what I'm doing really worth it? You know, I wonder if Jesus Christ ever asked this question. Do you think about this? I wonder when he journeyed this earth, when he gave up being God to become a human. Think about that for a moment. He gave up being God to become a human. If he ever thought, is it worth it? 
The Bible says that he took on a humble position of being a slave. He gave up his divine privileges. I wonder if he ever thought, is it worth it? When he was being whipped and tortured and spat on and insulted and criticised with a crown of thorns shoved upon his head, did he ever think, (laughs) did he ever think, is this really worth it? I wonder if he ever wondered that. When the nails were going through his hands and his feet, did the thought go through his head? Is this worth it? Did he think that? I think about Mary, the mother of Jesus, called to raise the Son of God. Think about that for a moment. She was called to raise the Son of God. Imagine that calling, the challenges, the obstacles, the pain, the suffering, to watch your own son die a horrific death. Did she ever wonder, is it worth it? Would have been much nicer to have her son grow up, get married, have children, become a grandmother. Did she ever wonder, is it really worth it? Have you ever asked yourself this question? And perhaps like me, maybe you've asked it recently. I want to take us to the Bible where we read about the life of the Apostle Paul and the extreme hardship he endured as he pioneered the early church. And perhaps he also asked this question, is it worth it? And in 2 Corinthians 11, chapter 23 to 28, we find Paul boasting about his sufferings. And he admits he's being a fool in his boastings. He said, I know I'm acting like a fool in his boastings of his sufferings but he says this verse 23 I've worked much harder being in prison more frequently being flogged more severely and being exposed to death again and again five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus ones minus one three times I was beaten with rods once I was pelted with stones three times I was shipwrecked I spent night and day in the open sea I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea and in danger from false believers. I have laboured and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. Can you imagine that? I've been cold and naked besides everything else. I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. It's clear here that Paul uh, has had a few challenges. He went through some hard times. We can see that. He knew what sweat, blood and tears were. Would you agree? And you would have to ask yourself the question, was this guy completely insane? Was he completely insane to put himself through all of that or does he serve a greater cause? And to understand Paul's mindset and his way of thinking, why he endured such hardship and to be sure that he asked himself this question at least once, at least once, is it worth it? We find in Acts chapter 2 verse 22, Paul says this, And now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. So he gets warned what's going to happen by the Holy Spirit 
that hardships and prison is facing him there. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the news of God's grace. This guy's onto something, isn't he? He's onto something. We can see here that Paul has already weighed up the cost. He's already asked himself the question, is it worth it? And the answer for Paul is yes, in capital letters, with maybe five exclamation marks. Yes, nothing compared to the greater cause, not even his own life. Nothing compares or nothing compared to testifying to the good news of God's grace. He had completely died to self, well and truly, completely died to self. He was all in. You could say that about Paul. All in, well and truly all in. It wasn't about him. It wasn't about how he felt. It wasn't about what he wanted. It wasn't about where he wanted to go. It wasn't about the life he wanted to live. We just read it was the Holy Spirit guiding and directing him, even if it was towards hardship, even if it was towards he knew when he got there that he was facing prison. It was always being led by the Holy Spirit and by God. Always. He'd weighed it all up and he knew he had to live for a greater cause. He knew that to the core of who he was because otherwise he had nothing. He had nothing otherwise. Without Jesus, he knew his life was nothing. Been there, done that. Paul had been there, done that. And he wasn't going to live like that anymore. He lives now for a greater cause. You know, I remember when I first gave my life to Jesus Christ and I remember the call upon my life. I'll never forget it. And it was almost like, um, it's kind of, it kind of breaks your heart. It's like you have a choice, but you don't have a choice. It kind of, it kind of brings a breaking of the heart, but an excitement at the same time. It's, it's like you have an option, but you don't have an option. And I remember surrendering my life to God and saying to God, I'm all in. There's no other way. Been there, done that, and I'm headed this way now with you. Has to be. Been there, done that, we're going this way now. I'm all in and a complete surrender. It's either I'm in or I'm out. I'm in or I'm out and I'm all in. And you know, Paul knew the words of Jesus. He knew the words of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 25, it said this, says this, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Just think about that for a moment. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? In Paul's mind, it was 100% worth it. Because what else? Paul said in Romans 8.18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And so Paul was able to die to self for a greater cause, dying to self. He was able to live the life God was calling him to, reconciling it was worth it to live for Jesus. 
You know who else also could die to self or did die to self was Queen Esther. If you know the story, she had to completely die to self as well. If you know the story in the Old Testament, Queen Esther's people, the Jews, were facing death. Every single one of them were facing death. And she was in a position to save them because she was married to the king. But at great threat to her life, at great threat to her life, yet she was able to put aside her own wants, her own desires, her own feelings, her own emotions, her own fears for a greater cause. All of that got put to one side for a greater cause, for what God was calling her to. That's hard. That's difficult. Because your flesh comes out. You know what comes out? What about me? What about me? What about me? I think I've heard Joyce Meyer preach that. What about me? But she did. She reconciled that it was worth it to save her people, the Jews. And so what does that mean? It meant she was all in. It meant she was all in. And what does that actually mean? That, that actually comes down to when you're all in, that means you completely trust God. You completely trust that he will take care of you and all of your needs. Completely trust God. Her mindset was this, if I perish, I perish. If I perish, I perish. She recognised that she was there for such a time as this. Such a time as this. You know, any great exploits carried out in the Bible were done because the people had understood that they served something outside of themselves. Something greater than themselves. They understood that it wasn't about them, that it was about others. They understood that they had to lay down their lives in order to serve and love others. But in doing so, this is the cool bit, they find life. They find true living. It's like you find yourself within that. You find what you're born to do. You find your purpose. You find your destiny. And you enjoy doing it. Yet it wasn't without challenges and it wasn't without suffering yes you find peace yes you find blessing yes you find prosperity and yes you find uh, freedom but with it also comes suffering and challenges that's just a given and sometimes we go through hard dry seasons where we feel like giving up but these heroes of faith had weighed up the cost and decided it was worth it it was worth it and I don't know about you I don't know about you but I want my life to count for something other than what makes me feel good something other than what makes me feel good I have to gotta gotta something other than what makes me comfortable how boring been there, done that. Do you know where it got me? The gutter. <laughs> Black hole. Miserable. Bored. Is there anything else? That's it. It has to be about something else. I have to serve a greater cause. I feel compelled just as Paul was. 
And we have all been called to make a difference in the lives of others. Every single one of us have all been called to make a difference in the lives of others. We've all been called to preach the gospel. All of us. All of us. We've all been called to evangelise. Every single one of us has been called to evangelise. We've all been called to reach people that don't know Jesus. We've all been called to love others with an agape love. What does that mean? It means God's love shed abroad in your heart, poured out upon others. We've all been called to do that. We've all been called to serve a greater cause. But with this comes dying to self. With this comes to what about me, what about me, what about me, that question comes to laying that down and trusting that God will take care of the what about me. God will take care about the what about me in your serving others. And Jesus tells us to weigh up the cost. And he said this while he walked this earth. In Luke chapter 14, verse 28, he says this, Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and he'll ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have, you cannot be my disciples. I remember when I kind of, um, in a sense, first, I don't have this in my notes, but I'll share it. When I first um, learnt this principle per se, I had just finished... um, completed um, the program down Adult and Teen Challenge. I'd been in the program for about two years. So I went into the program with drug and alcohol issues um, and I got saved in the program. I was I arrived on the first day and six days later I got saved. Amazing. And, um, and so it's very strict and you don't get to do much. And I remember looking forward to the end of the program and just to having a bit of freedom and because I'd got saved in the program, I didn't realise that there was some cool Christian music out there. And I really wanted to get to um, this uh, concert type thing that they had here in Perth. And it was called uh, Planet Shakers. And I remember I had my eye on the prize. I thought, right, I graduate on this day. And on this day, they're coming to Perth. The stadium's going to be packed and I'm there. And so I had it all planned out. And, um, and that was the plan. And I was going to go and I was going to be free and it was going to be awesome. And I was going to worship God and, and just be there. And uh, I was in my early 20s and, and it was going to be awesome. And, and then so Pastor Malcolm comes down and, and, and he asked to see me and, and, and I was like, yeah, cool. And he, and he said, look, I'm, he said, I'm not offering you a job, but, I just, uh, but I'm, offering, I'm inviting you to, to come and join the ministry. And... and and I was like, that's awesome. Like, I, I wanted to, to be on staff and I wanted to help other drug addicts and, and mentor them and, and be a part of what they were doing down there. And I said, yes, I'd love to, but first, but first, can I um, go to this concert, go to this thing here in Perth that's happening? Can I please, uh, can I want to do this and then I'll come back and do that. And he said to me, he said, you know, sometimes we just need to pick up our cross 
And I thought, I'm pretty sure that means no. (laughs) Now, he didn't say no, but I was sure it meant no. And I had a decision to make because, well, and he was right, because we needed to be back before New Year's Eve. All the staff had to be back at a certain time because we don't want all the students out uh, over New Year's Eve. So the staff needed to be back um, before New Year's Eve. So I needed to be back there. So it was quite, so I needed to be, anyway, I had, I was like, okay, I'm all in. Let's do this. And I had to lay it down. And I know maybe it doesn't sound like much, but that was a sacrifice and it hurt. And what I'm trying to say is there's, there's sacrifices at times. There's things that we've got to lay down, things that perhaps are important to you, things that you might really want to do, uh, things that, that you've been doing for years. It could be anything. I mean, God might be speaking to you right now and he's asking you to lay it down. But do you know what? What actually happened? I was on staff for a while and then I come back to Perth and I was on staff at head office in Perth and part of my job was bringing the students up and for five years in a row was taking them to every Planet, co- Planet Shakers conference or concert that there was for five years in a row. So God blessed me anyway. I just had to be patient and wait. He has his way and he's doing stuff. He's doing stuff. But it's always about others. It's always about others, but he's not going to rip us off in the process. It's not about taking stuff from us, but he wants to develop stuff within us. Amen? And Jesus is saying, you have to be all in. You're in. He doesn't like, I'm sorry if this offends anyone. (laughs) I don't really care anymore. (laughs) Not today anyway. (laughs) We can't be fence sitters. No fence sitters. No fence sitters. There's a scripture somewhere about being lukewarm. You're in, you're out. Jesus says, be all in. Count the cost. They're his words. Let's be all in. Weigh it up. Decide for yourself. Is it worth it? One of my all-time favorite scriptures is Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we do not give up. And so just because it's hard, it doesn't mean you're on the wrong track. Just because it's difficult, it doesn't mean you took a wrong turn. I mean, just go back to what you just read about Paul. Everything that he was just boasting about. It doesn't mean he wasn't in the will of God. It just means it was tough. It just means it was hard. Some places it says the Holy Spirit directed him there. It just was. That was God's will and that was where it was for him right then and there. It doesn't mean he'd missed it. Just because you face challenges, it doesn't mean it's not worth it. It's worth it. And I want you to know this morning that you're not alone that God is with you, that he's always with you, that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He knows what you're going through. 100% he knows what you're going through. And he cares. He cares. He sees you. He believes in you. He's for you. He comforts you in your weakness. 
when you're weak, he is strong. You know, Paul's conclusion after he boasts about all his hardships and challenges, he says, he said, God said to him this. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he said this, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. God's grace is sufficient for you. His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. When you are weak, he is strong. When you are weak, he is strong. His grace is sufficient. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. Come on. So that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. His grace is sufficient for you. God is saying to you, his grace is sufficient for you. He, he will grace you to get through this season you are currently in. Whatever season it is, and we all go through seasons. You've got dry seasons, you've got waiting seasons, you've got grinding seasons. Ever been in a grinding season? I feel like I've been in one for 10 years. <laughs> Uh, what else you got? You got testing seasons. You got spiritual warfare seasons, but you got rejoicing seasons. And guess what? The good news is, a new season is always coming. Guess what? The other good news is, you're productive in every season. No matter what season you're in, even in a dry season, God is doing something. He's doing something in every season. Always, God is doing something. So there's different seasons. Just make sure you stay close to him and his people. That's the most important thing. Don't isolate yourself in any season. Amen? If the team can come, please. I want to read you Isaiah 43, chapter 18. It says this, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. It's always a new season. There's a new season coming. New season is coming. Don't get stuck in the past. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness. He's making a way. He's making a way. And streams in the wasteland. Now if Jesus did ever ask the question, is it worth it? If he asked the question, I don't know if he did. But if he did ask it, I'm guessing his answer was yes because he went through with it right he died a horrific death on the cross for you and for me so his answer was yes you are worth it you are worth it you and me are worth it we are worth it Jesus thinks that how cool is that that that's got to make you smile right that makes me smile I'm worth it in all my patheticness I'm worth it to Jesus shouldn't say that about myself should I I'm worth it to Jesus you're worth it he thinks you're worth it Nathan you're worth it Jaya you're worth it Jared you're worth it Simon you're worth it the question is is he worth it 
Is he worth it? Is he worth it? Are other people's lives worth it? God wants you to take one step closer. If you're struggling, it's easy to be at the back end of the bottom end of Australia, <laughs> to almost be dead and just to give everything to God and say I'm all in. I guess I had it easy, even though it was hard. And maybe maybe it's hard for some to say, God, I give you everything, I'm all in. And if that's you, maybe it's just one step closer today. One step just a little bit deeper. Pitch yourself at the beach and, you know, I don't know, you're up to your waist. Just go, you know, it's freezing cold. Just go a little bit more in. I don't know. Well, jump in if you're there. I mean, wherever you're at, just as long as it's closer to God. <laughs> has to be. Just don't go further. Stay planted. Stay connected. Put your roots down deep. Keep reading your Bible, praying. Because there's something about serving a greater cause. There's something about serving something outside of yourself where you're able to die to self. We're able to persevere through the seasons, whatever season you're in, we're all in different seasons, through the hardships, the challenges, keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus, picking up your cross and being a true disciple of Jesus Christ, you're able to say, yes, it is worth it. I am worth it, he is worth it and others are worth it. And yes, God, you know what? I'm all in. I'm all in. Let's pray. God, you're such a good God. You're so gracious. You're so kind. You're so merciful. And your love is abounding. You're full of forgiveness. And you just continue to be faithful even when we're faithless. You just love us. Because you can't help but not because you are love. today some of us are jumping all in completely and we say we're all in and some of us are just taking that one step closer to you give us the grace we thank you that your grace is sufficient we thank you that when we are weak you are strong we thank you that your grace is all we need we just surrender ourselves to you again this morning. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are with us, that you lead us, that you guide us. Just while every head is bowed, just before we go into a time of worship, I just want to give an opportunity if you've never made a decision to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We're just going to say a prayer. 
right now as a church and if you want to be a part of that prayer, just say it out loud with us and just believe it with all your heart. We're all born separated from God and he just wants you home. He wants you in relationship with him. He wants you to begin your journey today. Best decision I ever made 20 so years ago. Never looked back. You repeat after me, church. God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. I ask that you forgive my sins. Wash me clean. And today I choose to live for you. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. And I thank you for your love. In Jesus' name. Amen. With every head still bowed, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, if you just lift your hand up in the air, just so I can see it. Love to pray with you. Love to give you some resources to help you on your journey. If you're online, you just comment in the chat. A few more moments if you prayed that prayer for the first time. Just lift your hand up in the air just so I can see it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I think God still wants to minister, so why don't we go into a song right now and why don't you do business with God? You tell him that step you're going to take this morning. Amen? So as we sing a song. When I lift the highest hymn would welcome me I was lost but he brought me in oh his love for me if anyone would like prayer for anything just come forward Melissa and I would love to pray with you especially if that message ministered to you and you uh, yeah and you want prayer in, 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 in areas that would that God touched on while the word was being preached healing in your body to stand in faith with you for for anything come forward we'd love to pray with you